Hallelujah. There'll be none before. There'll be none after. There's nobody like him. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to the Lamb of God. He's worthy of all the praise. He's worthy of all the honor. He's worthy from the going down of the sun to the rising of the same. The name of the Lord is worthy to be praised. Oh, glory to his name. It's that name, that name that makes demons tremble. That name, that name that only we can be saved by. There's no other name I know they used to say. There's no other name greater. Hallelujah. We bless the name of King Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We honor your presence here, Father. We bow before you, God, in all of your splendor, all of your majesty, all of your authority, O oh God. This is your house, Father. We're glad to be here. Happy are those whose God is the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We honor the leadership of this house, our Apostle Howard, our Apostle Suzanne Howard. We bless God for her. We bless God for her husband, Minister Bernard Howard. We thank you for every for Pastor D, EPT, all the elders, everyone in their prospective places. We bless God for you. We bless God for even the online viewers today. God is worthy. God is worthy. You can have your seats. You can have your seats. Don't make me nervous. Don't make me nervous. <laughs> oh, God is good. God is good. Mm. He's awesome. He's awesome. Nobody can hold a candle to him. He's that God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to your name, Father. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to stand before you. I honor this sacred desk. I honor it. I thank my apostle for the privilege of, of sharing it along beside her. So today, I want to talk. We've been in the series, of course, with, with um, you know, caring dreams and all that. Um, we've been talking about the altar. And what God gave me with this is what he said that we need new wineskins. He said, I want to pour out so much and I need new wineskins to pour it into. But our wineskins are broken. They're old, they're rotting out. And he wants to pour it out in this year. He wants to pour out everything the church always has resources, but he wants to do a lot more than what we've seen, a lot more than what we've used to. And he's saying today, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it's springing forth. Shall ye not know? I'll make a way in the, in the desert. I'll make a way for you in the rivers. All that thing that we're in need of, everything that he wants to do, he's ready to pour it out, but we have to have the position of a new wineskin. Amen. So I'll be coming today from Matthew 9, chapter 9, verse 16 and 17. Well, we can read it 15 and through 17, but the, the key verse is verse 17. Amen? Actually, I take that back. We can go to verse 14, sorry. Jesus in this, in this story, he's saying 
he's responding to the the the, the Pharisees and the, the the disciples, the Jewish disciples that were uh, of John the Baptist. So he says, one day, the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus and asked him, "Why don't your disciples fast like we do, and the Pharisees do?" Jesus replied, "Do wedding guests mourn while celebrating with the groom? Of course not." But someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. Besides, who would patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. Verse 17, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins. For the old skins would burst from the pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine is stored in new wineskins, so that both are preserved. Now, wineskins were used just like we use any other bottle today. The wineskins was made from using animal skin, like a goat or a sheep. And in the process of wine making, skins were used so that the fermentation process, that the gases were released and, and you know, the skin would stretch and for the new wine. So in using this analogy, it was something that the Jewish culture was very familiar with. Jew, Jew, Jesus sorry, knew the problem was not in the wine alone, but it was in the skin the wine was placed in as well. So if we can be honest, the same problem is in us today. We receive, we receive all this new wine, all this new wine, and then we don't retain it because our skin is broken. And the fact of the matter is, is that we can't get to that new place. We can't get ready for the pouring of God unless we're in that new wineskin. And we receive it all day. We receive it all the time that we're here, all the time that we're not here. But there's no transformation. There's no change taking place. And it's because of those old wineskins that we can't retain the new thing that's coming. And Jesus in this time, he sometimes you have to talk to those who think they are brilliant and that they're smart, you have to talk to them in layman's terms. Because if you talk to them on their level, they're not going to really, they're going to be like, oh, so you think you know what I think you know, then they'll challenge you even more. But Jesus didn't even bother to address the fasting because he knew who he was talking to. And the issue, while, the issue was while they practiced many of the traditions from the, their religious culture, they didn't live it out. So the old was trying to mix with the new, and it wasn't working out. And what we fail to realize is that our way of thinking, our way of doing, our way of living cannot be added to the new that Jesus Christ has, us, has called us to live. So many times we think that we can hold on to this or hold on to that and still be in Christ fully. When the Bible says clearly that in Christ I am a new creature, all things have passed away. All things are made new and old things are passed away. So Jesus answers this simple parable. First, he responds, wedding guests don't mourn while celebrating the groom. It's not until he's taken away, then they fast. Then he answers again, no one patches old clothing with new cloth. The new will, the new will shrink and rip away the old one. And then you're left with a bigger hole than before. So just like the disciples of John and the Pharisees, they thought traditions and repetitious religious movements would keep them in the place of connection with the Almighty. And the Pharisees were highly traditional. They followed every law of Moses. 
they knew what they were talking about, but they didn't do anything to live it out. So Jesus even calls them out in Matthew. He says, they practice and obey what practice and obey whatever they tell you to do. They know what they're talking about, basically, but they don't follow any of their examples. For they don't practice what they teach. So what Jesus was trying to help them to understand was that it was time to celebrate because I am here. Jesus, like, all right, Jesus here can look, he can, he looked confusing to them. You know, you see somebody who's, you've been following this thing for so long, and then somebody new comes along, and it's like, what are they doing? Jesus is the one, all right, I'm going to go hang with them. They sending over there, so let me be in that crowd. I don't want to hang with all the, you know, the, the religious Pharisees and Sadducees because, you know, they're boring. I know what they know, but they're not doing anything that's making my people prosper. So let me hang out with the people that I know that want me, that know they need a doctor because they know they're sick. That's what he came back for. So it's not just a character thing. It's not just a, oh, I know the word and, and I have the word. I can't just say it with my mouth and not operate in it. So the word new in these verses is pertaining to new to the wine is translated neos in the in the Greek language. That's N-E-O-S. It means recently revealed or fresh. It signifies that of a younger, a product a reproduction of the old. So it wasn't that the old covenant was just disregarded. It wasn't anything of that sort. It was basically like the old covenant couldn't handle the new covenant because it was an upgrade. So it wasn't that, okay, the Old Testament, we didn't need it at all because we did need the Old Testament. That's where our history comes from. But the new thing has arrived on the scene, and he's trying to show us a better way of doing it so that we're not stuck in the old all the time. We're not trying to live backwards on old traditions. We're not trying to live backwards on old testimonies. But in this time and, and, and place now, God is ready to pour out new wine into new wineskins. So our problem is that we keep getting the new wine and putting it into old wineskins and expecting them to hold it not realizing that we are already at the capacity in our old wineskins. Even if you look at old wineskins, they were used like two or three times maybe. It wasn't something that you use on a regular basis because it was made out of animal skin. So so when God is, when he's saying that the, the wineskins are not made to handle the new ones, it's because they're old and worn out. So and the process of even making wineskins is very interesting because I, I watched the YouTube videos and did the, it's, it's very interesting because the process that the wineskin has to go to just to make that little pouch is gruesome. Think about it. We've been talking about the altar this whole time, right? The altar, if you really look at the history of it, it was not a, a, a clean place. It was nasty. It was filthy. It was dirty. They had to take literally all the sacrifices and present them to God. So that means they had to, you know, get the newest, the freshest thing that they could have and present it on the altar. They didn't just, okay, I'm going to put it in a package all nice for you and it'll be sitting on the side. No, they just like, you know what, I just slaughtered this animal for you and I'm going to put it at the altar because this is your sacrifice, God. So it wasn't, it wasn't an easy thing just to be able to just make a wineskin. First, the animal had to be killed, right? So 
the skin could be made. And that's saying that what we have to do is we have to die to our own will and take on the will of God. Even Jesus, and, and Jesus wasn't exempt from this either. He said in the Garden of Gethsemane, look, Lord, Lord, I am struggling. This weight is too heavy for me right now, but not my will be done. Let your will be done. And that has to be our mindset with this because when we come to the altar, we can't come thinking that, you know, I'm going to come and it's going to be a one and done thing. We have to continue to campaign and plead our case until God is satisfied with us. We're in alignment with him. So certain parts of the animal, they were cut off so that the skin could come off easily. They might cut off the hooves. They might cut off, you know, different other, other body parts so that, you know, it could just slip right off. So God has to cut us as well. He's going to cut some things off of us. He's going to not leave it the same way we, we came to him as. And he's and in my eyes, wait, excuse me. If my eye, he said, if my eye causes me to sin, right? <laughs> you gotta pluck it out. He said it's better to you to make it into heaven, missing pieces, than to have it all together and you in in hell rotten in fire. So then the skin, right? It had to be it had to be put through this process called curing, which requires a salt that they use. So that the skin, because it's a, a dead animal, it doesn't rot away. So salt was used to preserve the skin. The only way we can be preserved is our position in Jesus Christ. We have come into the knowledge of his mercy, his goodness. And if you ever look back and see how God has kept you through all the nonsense you've done, that's why the scripture says when I look back over my life and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out hallelujah because I thank God that he saved me. He's that that word it actually means to preserve it actually means to be kept when you preserve something you can see it in the grocery stores it's being kept so that the life or whatever the purpose is sustains it for whatever use you have it for so then after that the skin is dipped in water so that it can be cleaned out of any dirt and excess salt and the skin is dipped in alkaline solution so that all excess hairs, fats, greases, whatever was in the animal, it can be cleaned off from the hide. And this is where, you know, I thought of it because, you know, pastors, we got to get filthy and dirty with the sheep. So when we come to Jesus and he's our great shepherd, this is where we become sheep. The sheep are dirty already. They get into things we know. They go, they go astray and, and we have to hunt them down and they, and, and, and you know, they... They have to come in contact with a cleaning solution so that they can be cleaned up so that they don't go backwards. And that cleaning solution is not only the living water, but the Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us into all truth. He's not going to let us go astray. He said he only speaks what the Father says. So look at what had to take place. This, this is not even the, the wine. This is just the skin process. This is not even the leather process. So look at what it had to take just for the skin to go through. This is why we need the altar. We think we come in the church, we think we had that one encounter with Jesus, and we're boom, we're all set, that nothing ever is gonna happen again. And our will is still in the way of his will. You can't mix the old with the new. It's like mixing oil and water. They just don't, they just won't, they just won't go together. So when we come into contact with Jesus, Holy Spirit, it regenerates us. It makes us new. It's not by our own doing. 
but we need a refreshing in him constantly. And I know there's some that may feel like, you know, I've done that, I've had that all, I'm too old, and this is why you need the altar too. It's, listen, he said he's no respecter of person. He said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, right? Young and the old. So it's not like, okay, I'm, I'm worn out. I'm, I'm, I'm no good anymore. No, because some of us, we've been doing this for a long time, and we get weary in our well-doing, right? It's, it's just reality. You know, so it's, it's not like, and God is so sovereign that his, his, his love for us endures forever. His mercy endures forever. So it's not like he had a plan and, and, oh, it wasn't for them. No, they got old and gray. No, it's not for them either. They're, they're too young. They can't understand. No, it's for everybody. So it's not time to give up in the process. And the process is where we actually do like, all right, Lord, it's getting too heavy. I don't know if I can handle this. And, you know, some of us do get at that stage. And, but we don't realize that that's a time to draw closer to God because he's telling us, all right, you've outgrown that one. All right, let me take you to the next level. And you know the best thing that Jesus does? He's already been through the process. So now we don't have to worry about being perfect. We don't have to worry about having it all together. The gospel to, is the only thing that we allow to reshape us both inside and out that we are not wasting away as useless vessels in this world. We can't afford, bottom line, we can't afford this year to be like last year's. No, no, there's too much, there's too much in store for us in the Apostles' House. There's too much in store for us as individuals. There's too much in store for us to just sit by the wayside and, and think, okay, I'm in this now, I'm all set and I don't have to do anything else. No, there's another level that we need to come to as well. So even with, even with myself, I made some changes this year and I started a new position. God is good. God is good, he's, he's amazing. And it, it, it doesn't look like the old one, right? It's not what I'm used to, it's a totally different field. But it's what I went to school for so I might as well go that route, right? And then that's the time that, you know, the enemy wants to talk to you like, okay, you know you're not going to last in this position, right? You know you're not going to be as good as they are, right? And, you know, that self-talk comes in, and you got to like, wait a minute, but hold up. I didn't spend all this money <laughs> to do nothing. Not when I know a cattle on a thousand hills belongs to my God. Not that I not when I know that He makes a way in the wilderness. No, I didn't do it. No, and and we get we get so caught up on that baseline. And they were teaching us is that the baseline is basically like if you go into any position, it's a starting point of measurement. So they know where you can take it, where you can't take it, where to push you at, where to not push you at. And it gets really real at the baseline. You can fall below it or you can surpass it, but that's the starting point. So many times when we're faced with challenges, we default to our baseline. We default to that old nature. And God is like, no, I need you to come my way. I'm doing the new thing. Don't go that way. You already know what's over there. It hasn't gotten you anything different. And we run away from different because it's scary. It's new, it's, it's, it's uncomfortable. 
but taking on the new, it requires faith. We forget about that part. It says we should walk by faith and not by sight. We can't rely on our own emotions and, and think that, you know, we, we're going to have it right when we get there. Because our emotions, if they're not checked, they can take you the complete opposite way. So to go past the baseline, you need faith. God gave every one of us a measure of faith so that we can carry out his will and that we can be an example to us. It's our human nature that we're fighting against most times. So to have a certain response to being uncomfortable or anxious or even frightened. And we also learned that, and apostles have said this before too, that the body responds to fear in many different ways. There's three of them actually. There's, of course, the fight response, right? Where you're ready to take that thing on no matter what. Like, I'm gonna do it afraid type of attitude. But then you have a flight experience where you're just off and running, like, I don't want no parts of it. And then there's the last one, it's called fright, where you're stuck like a deer in headlights because your body can't move fast enough with your mind and comprehend what's happening right now. And it's no coincidence, you know, that the teachings have been dealing with all of this, the emotional intelligence, renewing our mind, self-awareness, self-esteem, because we need to be in the place where we can handle that new thing. And it's in these areas that most of us struggle with that keeps us from preserving the new wine. So we as a body of believers, we should be producing good fruit. And we can't do that if we're, old, if we're in the old wineskins. So what's the old wineskins? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so when wineskins, you can tell them by their look, because they don't look like new ones, obviously. When wineskins become worn out, they get dry, they get brittle, and they become hard. When wineskins are worn out, that means, too, that they have been stretched to capacity. And any of you are like me and know this place, it's frustrating, it's tiring, it's draining and can cause you to be angry with everything. Wondering why we take a few steps forward and then we end up completely starting over. And it's because of those old wineskins, because it's not a joyful place to feel like you're at the bottom of the barrel. It's not a joyful place to feel like, okay, I'm never gonna get this thing right. It's not a joyful place at all to have those thoughts continually going against your mind and trying to believe something that you know is good for you and that you know is for you, but you just can't see it. And this, also, this place also is when we find ourselves running away from God, though. We're missing our prayer time. We're missing that time we should be in, in, in consecration with him, not wanting to be bothered with anything, especially ministry. And we're frustrated even coming into the building. And the crazy thing is that God does these things not for us to run away, but he does them so that we know that we outgrown that place and that we need to draw closer to him because this level isn't satisfying for us anymore. Most of the times, we don't even realize it because we're so overwhelmed with our emotions that we just want to give up because it's, it's, it's uncomfortable. And, that's, and, and being uncomfortable, it has many levels to it. You can be, like I said, you can be frustrated, you can get tired, and your body does it on its own. It's not like you can control it. When your body wants to check out, it just checks out. And it's that same attitude, though, that keeps us from drifting further away from Jesus, further away from his will, further away from the altar. When a wineskin is old, that means it's no good anymore. 
the fermentation process has taken place and the wineskin is stretched out and worn out. So if something new comes in to start the process again, it won't work. The wineskin will just burst because of the pressure. And a lot of us are under pressure. We're under pressure from our ministry. We're under pressure at our home. We're under pressure from our jobs. We're under pressure from all of life's concerns and cares. We're under pressure. And the amazing fact is that in this place is where we need to go back to the altar. When we find ourselves about to crack, that's how we know we need to get to Jesus. The amazing fact, too, about wineskins is that they were only used a few times. But the joyous part is they can be renewed. In order to be renewed, an old wineskin, it first has to be emptied out of all the old wine. Now, <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. So, so his word says, right? Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? Some of us were stuck in the past. And it's, I mean, hey, it's, it's, no, it's no insult. It's no, but what God wants to do is he wants to move us forward. No matter how many times we fall, no matter how many times we want to give up, no matter how many times the pressure is too heavy for us, God has a solution for all of that. And it's in his word. That's where we have to be saturated with. We have to take it to another level. We have to show the effort that, you know, God, I can't do this without you, so let me get to know you. Your word is where it's at. Your word is where I come into a relationship with you. Your word is where I have to be submitted and, and, and committed to because it's your word that is going to guide me. It's going to lead me. It's going to get me to you, Father, where I can get another anointing for this place that I'm frustrating in. That's when the oil comes in. <laughs> and the oil is the last part. He says basically that when we need a fresh anointing, a new awareness, a new understanding of what God is doing in and through us. Because some levels, like I said, we've just outgrown them. We can't see God anymore. I've been in that place before. And I'm, I'm slowly getting back to it where I, I just want to be in his presence. You, you don't even have to speak, Lord, but just to know you're there with me is, is enough for me right now. And I know this is not where I'm going to stay at, but God, I just want to be with you. And some of us, we don't have that in the natural, so we treat God as if he's going to treat us like our earthly friends, our earthly uh, friends and family members. But God is not that type of God. God wants you to come to him. And this altar, like I said, it's a messy place, but it's where you can give your cares, you can give your concerns, you can give the confusion, you can give your whole self up to him, no matter what state you're in. But God has a plan for us that it's to prosper us, to, so that we can conquer what he gave us on this earth. He gave us dominion in the first place. So when we're going through these things, we have to be willing to go through them. And that's, that's not a comfortable place, like I said before. This is why we need to come to the altar. It's there that God can do all that he needs to do. He can remind us, he can restore us, and he can make us like new again. This is why we need the new wineskins, right? So it doesn't matter, like I said before, how long you've been in it, how long you've drifted away, or how far you've gone from God. He is coming to restore and I believe today that this is the process that we need to come into. All the services and teachings are adding up to new wine 
to us constantly and we're not retaining the new wine because we're trying to hold it in the old wineskins. We can't hold a new blessing in an old, old vessel. God gave up his best gift in his son, Jesus Christ, and then he gave his, and then his best gift gave us a, another comforter. He gave us an advocate to help us preserve the new wine. And see, the principle here, it still stands that it was not me meant for man to be alone. Jesus knew that without someone to lean on and partner with, we would be lost. And that gift that, we, that we, he's given us is the Holy Spirit. We wonder why we can't just get this thing right, we, why we have a wishy-washy attitude. It's because we have not fully grasped the Holy Spirit. It's not just to speak in tongues. It's not just to go here and shout and, and think like we have it all together. It's not just to dress up on a Sunday or, 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 or on a Tuesday, wherever we're in front of people. It's for our lifestyle. And we can't do this walk without him. His feelings get hurt when we don't spend time with him. He says we can we can grieve the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. So his feelings get hurt. Imagine this. I took all this time to clean you up, to get you out of that mess you've been in. And now you want to forget about me? You don't even want to spend time with me? This is the thing that grieves the Holy Spirit. It's not when we come in here. It's not when we dress up. This is the thing that grieves our Holy grieves the Holy Spirit. And, and the thing is that it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't matter how long you've been in church. It doesn't matter what degree you have. It doesn't matter what your title is. You will not make it without the Holy Spirit. He says in Ezekiel 36 and 27, 26 and 27, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. I was in a meeting the other night. We had a, a, a training meeting, and we were actually in here. We were we were talking about what stage the church is in, and what you know are the issues that they're having, and what what could we do to you know keep the the hope alive in the church. And a lot of times we have to take the hit because a lot of these things we don't teach about anymore. We don't teach about the blood of Jesus. We don't teach about the Holy Spirit. We don't teach about these things that kept us in those hard times. And it wasn't, you know, all the scriptures we know. It wasn't how we can quote this and quote that. It was your relationship with God that kept you in those times. Some of us, we, we, and it's not, not, not our fault completely because we don't know. We can't get, you know, in trouble for what we don't know. But this is the time that the church needs to be the, the, the largest influence in this region because the church is responsible for teaching all of these things. This is why we take the time to, with the new members, listen, we know you're not used to this. We know this is new for you, so let us walk alongside of you and help you with this. We wanna make sure that you understand these basic principles because this is what's gonna keep you alive and, and thriving in this ministry. So I don't wanna come today like I have it all together and act like, you know, everything is honky-dory with me. Trust me, I don't. But I realized some things through this series, and I had to put myself on the chopping block. I had to put myself on the altar. I had to have those tough conversations. I had, I had to, I, you know, you get to a point where all this, this, this stuff, it doesn't mean anything to you. And you just want somebody to just be like, listen, I understand. And that person for me is, is Jesus. It happens at the altar. It happens at the altar. 
It doesn't matter if it's in tears. He's bottled those up. You'll say more in screams and tears and than any other words you can get out that says thank you. But when you can't utter those things, God is coming in anyway. His Holy Spirit makes intercession during that time. So yes, the altar wasn't an easy place. This process isn't easy, but God is in it. That's what we need to realize. And if he wants the best for us, then we need to be in the place where we present ourselves a living sacrifice unto him. He's my savior. You know, so I put myself in the altar. I didn't want to have the old and the new. They don't mix. I had to make up in my mind that I wanted to be all in this. And that's why we, that's what I'm set out to do this year. We can't be like the Pharisees stuck on traditions and the law of Moses and not able to recognize what's happening in the present. His word says, but forget all of that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. So God is calling for us to have new wineskins for the new wine. He's going back to, he's not going to go back on his word. He said, I'm confident in this very thing, that he who has begun a good work and you will perform it until the day of Christ's return. So we have to be careful of what we take in. We have to be careful of what we allow to influence us in this time because those, those, those things are coming to break that wineskin. They're coming to wear us out. They're coming to, to, to put us in the wrong direction. That, and that guilt and that shame is the number one thing, especially when we, we, we fall short of his glory like all of us do. We let the fact that we sin mess up our pursuit of his righteousness. And it's a pursuit, meaning that we're not there yet. We're all being perfected daily. Apostle Paul said it. He's like, listen, I'm the chief sinner. I've done the most. You can't even, I don't care what you're talking about. I'm the chief sinner. And he said, I've not yet obtained it. But I press toward the mark of the high calling, which is found in Jesus Christ. There's no condemnation in Jesus. So us beating ourselves up, that's not of God. God is like, give it to me. I know what you did. But I'm not going to remind you of it. I'm not going to put you in that place of reminding you over and over and over again. We're playing it and rehearsing it like you schizophrenic. No, that is not what I do. That is not who I am. And it's, it's, it's because of that our feelings get in the way. And then we get into doubt and we don't want to uh, man up to who we are. We then come to excuses. Then we're missing prayer. Then, and God is jealous. I don't think a lot of us know that, but he's jealous for that time with us. He doesn't want anything else in the way. That's why the Bible says you need to close the door behind you. Put away all those distractions. I don't care if it's your family. I don't care if your job is calling. Listen, this is my time. I'm jealous for this time. And, and that, it's in that time we spend with him that he gives us new insight. He gives us direction. He gives us all the things that we need. He gives us that sustenance. But if we refuse to let our mind be in the word of God, we still have the old wineskins. If we refuse to let our mind be in that place where I want God, I need him more than anything else. I need him more than the job. I need him more than my family. It's in that place where he, we can actually be fed because our source is not on anything of this earth. He owns the cattle on a thousand. He's, listen, I said, I have many mansions. So he has it all for us. We have to tap into his resources, though. 
and he wants to share some things with us, but we, we neglect that place because we're in this place of our emotions. And fear is the number one thing. We are afraid of the next. We are afraid, we're, we're afraid to fail. We're afraid to, to even succeed. So what do we do? We run. We don't want to deal with that like, no, not yet, God. Nah, I'm, I'm not ready for that yet. Nah, that's not me. Nah, that's too big for me. Nah, I, I can't do that one, God. That's, 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 that's too great for me. I'm, I'm comfortable with this little bit I have here. And God is like, really? You, you really don't get it, do you? I have so much more in store for you. I have so much more in store for you. And, in, as, and the crazy thing is, we can bring all of these feelings to God. He wants to hear it. He knows it already, but he wants to hear it. Because it's not in that fact that he knows it. That's what Jesus was trying to tell the Pharisees. It's not the fact that you know how to fast. No, I know how to fast. But it's a time and a purpose for those things. And the time and purpose is not now because I'm here. You can fast when I go away. But while I'm here, we should celebrate. Celebrate. So every encounter we have with God, every encounter with Jesus, it's not a like, oh, I'm shocked thing. It's a celebration. Because God is talking. God is here. God is, he's Emmanuel. God is with me right now. And that time is so precious. That time, he, that's why he got so upset like with Adam. He was like, Adam, where did you go? Like, no, we, we had a schedule in place right here. We, we were supposed to walk in the cool of the day. The cool of the day is a set time. So where did you go? Adam was in his emotions. You Listen, the only way you hide is if you're guilty. Think about it. When a person commits a crime and they don't turn themselves in, they know they're guilty. But if they run, they really know they're guilty and they ain't trying to get caught. So Adam blamed everybody but himself. He was like, listen, Lord, that's the woman you gave me. She made me eat the fruit. He didn't take any responsibility. So, but it's all these emotions that we can bring to God. God is like, I know you're going to mess up. I know you're going to mess up. I was here on earth, and I know these people crazy. So I know what you're going through. But I've gone through it already, so you don't have to handle it by yourself. And that's the best part that we can, we can, we can fathom because we think that, you know, God is just, up there and we're down here God is 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 like a genie we call on when we want to make a wish that's what our prayer lives look like I only praise you when I'm doing good I only give it to you when I'm going through something and who wants to be set when I'm the God of the universe I took time to create you before your mother and father even knew you and you limit me to this God is a jealous God. So we need the new wineskins. We need to handle the capacity that he has for us to pour. He wants to pour out so much. But we can't do it if we're bitter, if we're dried up, if we have a hardened heart. What joy is that for ministry? What joy is that for even being alive? What joy is that? There's no joy in that place. And God presents these things because it's a place to, all right, God, I need you. I'm about to crack. I'm literally, like, at the edge right now. 
But instead, we run to what else? We run to we run backwards to our to our old nature. We run back to the 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 cares of this world. We run back to you know the things that make us feel good in our flesh, so we can forget about that moment. And those things are only temporary. So God is like, I have you an everlasting life. That's why I came. And it's like we have to be reminded daily, because. It's not a one-and-done thing. I, the biggest thing I learned is that I can come to Jesus over and over and over again. That guilt, that shame, trust me, it is real. You beat your own self up in these places. We, we, were, we were taught that shame is, is I'm the one that's, that's guilty. I am guilt. I am the shame. And guilt is the one, yeah, I know I did it. But at the same time, God is is so sovereign that he's going to let you bring that to him. He's like, listen, I've, I know you messed up, but I need you to acknowledge me. I know you 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 messed up and you feel in some type of way, but I've already made a way of escape for you. And that's the part where we need to live in, because that's where the new wineskins are being preserved. That That is a place where the oil flows. When we have that thought in mind where, okay, I'm going to make this my priority, that God is my center. That God is the one who can bring me out of anything, any feeling, any doubt I have, any inhibition, any insecurity, any defense mechanisms. Because all these things don't draw us to him, they draw us away from him. But even in that place, we can go to God messed up, broken hurt, scarred, frustrated, angry. We can go to God in that condition. He can make the new wineskins. The oil was massaged into the skin so that it could be preserved, so that they knew it could be, it could be uh, uh, restored and renewed. And then the thing is they sealed it with resin. If anybody knows what resin is, it's, a, it's a basically an adhesive agent. So it's like a glue that makes everything sewn in together and tight. So God is that glue. If he wants to pour it out, why not have it stick together? But we, we, end, up, we end up having a bottle that's broken and we continue to pour it in like it's supposed to hold it. And we gotta get out that place We've been in that place celebrating the old for way too long. And God is pushing us forward in this place. We want, he wants the new wineskins. This is what he talked to me about. Because, you know, you get to a place where you're frustrated. You get to a place where you don't even want to do it anymore. But you go up, you show up time after time because you have a title, you have a, a, a duty but it's not even unto God. It's not even unto God anymore. It's unto the building. It's unto people. And that's the part where we get confused as because we think we're pleasing God when we please people. But Apostle said it a while ago, we have to get our first works right. We have to minister to him first. We have to take care of our home first before we can minister to him in his house. So he wants the relationship back. That's the part where the new wineskins come in because we're holding what he has now. We're not wasted away, no matter what condition. So he's renewing in this time. 
He's restoring in this time. He's even meeting you in this time. And he knows the process better than anyone else. And that process, even for making wineskins, that part where we're coming to him dirty, we're coming to him with the, the, the flesh and the stain still on us, it, it, it takes something stronger to get all that stuff off. It's not, you know, just scraping it off and, you know, I can, it's, it's all right. It's just don't worry about that part. No, God wants all of that. He's not going to take it when it's not clean. That's why we have to have it, it emptied out first. Then he can fill it back up. Then he can restore it. He has to make sure it can hold. That's why he has to reseal it. He has to re-oil it. He has to make it like new again. He's kept it all this time, so he didn't throw it away. So let you let yourself be preserved in him. Let yourself be preserved with that, that cleaning agent. Let yourself be made new with that new change of mindset. And it's only found in our Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen. That's all I had. God is not coming like he did. This is what God was speaking to me about. This is what he was speaking to me about. And, and there's a point where you have to take accountability. Like, listen, Lord, I know I'm not where I should be. I know I'm not all together. And I'm trying this thing because you said it. You had a plan for me. But sometimes we are really out of place. We're out of position. And we have to be in that place in order for him to do the new thing. Everything has to change. Our attitudes have to change. Our pursuit of him has to change. We need to come to him different. We need to come to him willingly. Like these animals, they didn't have a choice. Either you're going to come willingly or not, you're still going to get the skin stripped off of you. It wasn't, it wasn't a choice for them. And God, he, he says, like, listen, every knee is still going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess. But I'd rather you come willingly as a living sacrifice. So, you know, the choice is ours. The altar is still here. The altar is still blazing because of this very thing. We can't mix the old with the new. It does not work. It doesn't. So we've tried it. And that's the thing. We've tried it over and over and over. We've tried it so many times. And we want the new thing. And God wants to give it to us. But our wineskins are just broken. That's why he's coming to restore. He's coming to renew so that we can hold it for him. So that it can be poured out when it needs to be poured out. Amen? Stand to your feet. Now, if this word has 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 done anything for you, it has ministered to you. Touch you in any type of way. The altar is 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 open. We're here to pray for you, because a lot of us we do struggle with the old. The old is comfortable. I don't want to give up that thing yet. And it's a safe place. It's a safe place. He said, behold, I want to do a new thing. Are you ready for the new thing? 
You have to be a willing sacrifice, willing or not. He's gonna, he's gonna get you there. And it's time. It's time out for excuses. It's time out for being frustrated, not wanting to do what you love, what he expected ministry to be. He expected ministry to be, ministry to be a joy. We should be happy to serve others. We've dealt with so much in the last, not even a year, the last six months for some people. The last three months, the last week. And he wants to take all those things and make it new. If you're willing, you can come. You can let it go here. There's nothing holding us back here. Nothing, nothing. There's there's no guards, there's no there's nothing in the way. This is where you get in contact with the God of the universe, his son Jesus Christ. It's by him that we live, move, and have our being. Aside from him, where would we be? It's a safe place. It's a safe place. He said this is this is this is green pastures right here. Yes, it's uncomfortable because I don't really know, God, about, about who you are. I don't know about if I can trust you yet. I don't know. I don't know. I've been through so much. I've been hurt. I've been battered. People have thrown me away. People have done this to me. And he says, I am not like those people. I know in my heart that I want to be better. It doesn't matter what's in the way. We have to get that desperation for him. We have to expect him to do it. He just wants a sacrifice. And let the tears flow. You can let it go here. If we can have some ministers come and pray for the the ones who are at this altar. I know we've been having a a sacrificial type of day all day but 